We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Seahawks Man to Man podcast, powered by The Athletic. Shout out to the company. My name is Michael Sean Dugar. I'm here with my co-host, Christopher Kidd. Make sure you follow us both up on the Tweet Machine. You guys know where to follow me on there, so I'll continue to plug the YouTube channel. That is Seahawks Man to Man. That's the number two man on YouTube. Shout out to everybody who's been subscribing on there. We appreciate the love. Chris, talk to him. What is up, everybody? It's your boy, Christopher Kidd. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at CKIDD206. And that's CKID206. And by the way, shout out to all you guys because now we just reached 2,000 subscribers. So let's get to 3,000 by mid-season. Let's see if we can get to 3,000 by week eight, week nine. Appreciate all the love. Again, hit that subscribe button down below. Seahawks man-to-man with the number two. Well, I just threw up like three fingers. Number two, M-A-N. Check us out. All right. Um, And that's good. I know we had 2,000. That's amazing. That is amazing, man. Shout out to all, shout out to all the love, man. We might, that might even be enough, Chris, to get that live podcast thing going. Absolutely, yeah, stay that, tuned. About that, yeah, man. Actually, actually, if you guys was it, D, tweet us, hit the YouTube comments right now, whatever. Uh, respond to us on Instagram, Twitter. Let us know if you guys would be interested in a live Seahawks man to man podcast. We want, I want to put some feelers out there, see how you guys would feel about that. Um, but for now. We are coming to you right after the uh, Seahawks played the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is our first recap podcast uh, of 2022. (laughs) Yeah, recapping a preseason game. We're right back at it. Uh, Seahawks (laughs) lost, uh, but that doesn't really matter. There were like, there were really only two things I cared about a ton uh, in this game, uh, assuming that the starters didn't play and they did not. Um, Kudos to Pete Carroll and his staff on that. Chris and I have been big proponents of sitting your studs in the preseason and they did that DK didn't play Tyler didn't play. I don't think Will Disley played. Didn't see right guard Gabe Jackson. Didn't see, uh, he probably should have played if he was healthy, but didn't see Freddie Swain, Marquise Goodwin, D Eskridge, who needs to play. Um, who else didn't play? Who didn't play on defense? Jordan Brooks, Jamal, Andre, Andre, they're banged up, but I was going to say Artie Burns and yeah, yeah. Artie, Artie and Sydney probably would have should have played um, if they were healthy. But then, yeah, Al Woods. So they were they were down a lot on both sides of the ball. And before we get into the quarterbacks, we will start with Geno since he started. you got to preface everything with that. 
Like they did not get, and then Rashad Penny didn't play um, either. So with you on offense, you're missing DK, Tyler, Marquise, D, and I think yes, is it? I think that's it. Uh, I don't know if Cody Thompson played either, but either way, that's like your top four receivers right there. And then you throw in Will Disley. So like half the dudes who caught a pass on Saturday, actually more than half, are probably going to do a bunch of nothing in the regular season if they're even on the team. So you got to keep that in mind um, as well. That said, let's start with the quarterback battle. Uh, I'm going to reinforce uh, an opinion I've had on, I had on the last pod. I still do. I think it's a quarterback competition, even if Drew runs with the twos. I do think that it's not a fair quarterback competition, but not all competitions are fair. I think it's fine if you just say, hey, Drew, this guy started three games with us last year. You're the new guy. You got to run with the twos. If you want the job, take it from Gino. Cool. I think that that's that's a fine way of doing it to me. Um, a point that I made on, I think I was on the radio with Softy uh, and KJR, I think one of these days during the week, I think it was Friday. I said, the only thing that I want to be fair is the reps that each quarterback gets with DK and Tyler. I would like those to be even. I don't care who's snapping you the ball. I don't, give, I don't really care about any of that. I need you to throw to DK and Tyler about an equal amount. We chart those reps, and then we, that's how we help decide. Like if, if Cody, if uh, if Drew just has a million throws to Cody Thompson and Colby Parkinson, that's fine. It's not like bad. But if Gino has a bunch to know of Fant, DK, and Tyler, then that is not. That's what I would want to be fair. The ones versus twos thing, don't really care. Throws to DK and Tyler, that's where I care because as much as we've talked about receiver three and receiver four and who makes the roster with receiver five, receiver six spot, and some of these other like fringe positions, what matters for this team is who can get the ball to DK and Tyler. That's really what, for real, that's what matters. Uh, who can get those guys the rock after they start pounding it, throwing over defense head, yada, yada, yada. So can Gino get those guys the ball? Yes, we've already seen that, which is probably why he's in the lead right now. And on Saturday, I thought, boy, Gino is on his way to losing this competition about two or three drives in. And the reason I think that is for the first time, I would say actually watching him in a game with the Seahawks, he just didn't look very comfortable. You know, I was looking at like the first third and six that he had and the pockets clean. He's sitting there. Charles Cross is holding up on the other end. Uh, who else? Who was starting? Jake. I think Jake Curran was in on the right side. Pockets clean. There's not, not really any uh, issue coming up the middle. The edges are cool. And then he's just there. And then he dances. And then he ends up taking a sack. And even I rewatched the game this morning. Even the play before that, it's a play action. And I don't know if it's play action. He just ends up rolling out of the pocket, hitting Noah Fant for like 15, 16 yards. But if you look at that, he bails on a clean pocket there too. And I was like, oh, man. Like, Gino in the in the games that he played last year in the regular season, I thought if nothing else, he looked comfy standing there, trusting the guys there. Maybe was that because he trusted, like, knowing it was Dwayne Brown and Brandon Shell or whoever else that he had there. I'm not really sure. But I do know when I was watching last year, I'm like, oh, Gino looks cool. Like, even watch the Rams game. Like, he stands in there. Boom. Okay. I trust my guys to hold up against the best D-line in, in the league. On Saturday, I was just like, oh, man, he he looks like he's feeling a rush that is not there. That happened a, a few times. Even the, the one of the scrambles that he had for a first down was like, there was a good scramble. It was also like, nah, man, that – the pocket didn't collapse as soon as, as as you anticipated it. Like, the throws be damned. I thought both of those guys threw the ball 
uh, fine. I think Drew put the ball in harm's way just one too many times, one more time than Drew than Gino did. But I thought Gino's Gino for the first, I don't know, everything up to that two minute drill just didn't look very comfy. Uh, still was able to make throws, but in terms of just sitting there and picking apart, you know, the Steelers defense that was missing guys like T.J. Watt, Mika Fitzpatrick. Uh, I I thought, man, this this isn't a guy looking like a t- a ten year vet. Like he was fine. Um, but yeah, I, I expected it to look a little sharper, even though it, he didn't have his number one weapons. No, I hear that hundred percent. I'm interested to see the all 22 because when you're in the pocket and you're seeing no receivers open, you have a decision to make. Do you try to scramble for a first? Do you throw it away? Probably not throw it away. Cause you don't want to just waste it down there. But if there's no pressure in the pocket, he's hoping that something happens and nothing happened. Receivers obviously, I guess apparently weren't open and he didn't like what he was seeing. So getting that all 22 is going to definitely have a, I'm definitely going to have a different mindset possibly once I see what was going on and what he was seeing. But from, to your point, just being in the pocket and not having any pressure and then maybe feeling like there is pressure. And that is somewhat concerning, but I think maybe it was first game jitters. This is Gino's first time in quite some time where he has an opportunity to be a starter and he didn't have all his guys out there, but you would still want him to at least be comfortable with what he has right now on the field and on Saturday. And that didn't look, for the most part, it didn't look comfortable. And again, first two drives, not great. But the third drive, they were able to move the ball. Unfortunately, they weren't able to capitalize with the touchdown. They ended up selling for three. But I think for the most part, that was that kick-started it. Because not too long after that, right before the two minute or for the first half ends, Gino goes down and leads them on a touchdown to make it 17 to 10. And he had control of the offense. I mean, the first pass play was easy check down. They end up going for like 20 something yards. So I think it was Bo Melton. So that was definitely a kickstarter. And Gino just really took command of the offense and again got them points. He rolled out to the right. I think it was RPO looking for the tight end that was covered up. And then he was able to just run it in. And it worked out. And Gino really, he started off slow, but he finished strong, which is what we have down as our headline there. And that was good to see. I know a lot of people are wanting Drew to start regardless, but Gino definitely held his own and reminded everyone that, hey, I'm still fighting for this job to be a starter for the Seahawks come week one against the Broncos. And I think he kept the lead on his performance on Saturday. Although he didn't start probably the way he wanted to, I think he finished it strong in that two-minute warning drive, that two-minute warning, that two-minute drive, two-minute drill. He definitely was like, okay, I, I got this. And he showed that for sure. So that's actually interesting. I really do feel like maybe it's just, I don't know, maybe it's just my my story comments or maybe people on social media to me. I just feel like it is the it's a heavy Drew Lock like a contingent in Seattle right now. It feels like yeah. they just want to see Drew. Someone in the I yeah. See, matter of fact, I can read you a tweet. Go ahead, keep talking. I'll, I'll find I it. I see some of the logic on it because it's it's like all right, we we it's like Mike. We know what Gino is, right? We we don't know what Drew, you know, could be. Someone told me it was like with Drew, we're either a playoff team or like a bottom five team in the league. Um, so it, with Gino, we know we're probably somewhere in the middle, which I don't want to which I don't want to be in. And I was like, eh, I don't think you're a playoff team with either guy. But I I got the point there. The the point was that Drew gives the higher ceiling. Drew also presents the lower floor. Gino is the safer bet in the middle, which I, I actually do probably agree with that. I think the floor 
is certainly lower. Honestly, look at this game in particular. The floor, the floor with Drew was turning the ball over, right? Like yeah. That, that that was it. Like that. What do was, you do? That essentially cost the game right there. You know, Boye yeah. got them the ball back with about a minute 17 left in the opponent territory in a tie game. All they need to do is go, what, one first down, maybe two first downs, two. get you a field range. The game 20 yard, yeah. Yeah, they were on the 47. So, yeah, get to, get to about, I don't know what the weather was like out there because I was at home, but I don't know, get about 15 yards and the game, the game is probably over, you know, with a, with a successful field goal. Instead, you give the other team the ball and they go down you know, and score another game's over. That's costing your team the the um, the, uh, the game. You know, it reminds me of what I was talking to somebody um, who's like uh, kind of high up um, with the Seahawks. I was telling them, I was like, you know, they were asking me what I think about the quarterbacks. And I was telling them that both guys are probably about the same. I said, the difference is with neither guy has proven to be the reason that their team wins games, right? I think both of them would kind of agree with that assessment over the, their careers, like, their win-loss records kind of show that and some of their numbers as well. I said the difference is and why I would probably lean towards Gino if I'm trying to protect my job as like a coach or whatever, make my guys feel like we can go in this thing, is that with Drew, Drew has definitely proven to be, on more more occasions than Gino at least, the reason his team loses a game. Like Drew just led the league in interceptions like two years ago. That's not even that long ago, you know? Uh, So that is the difference to me. And I thought this game was kind of an example of that. Gino did nothing terrible. Gino did nothing spectacular. Um, his team was down, what, seven by the end of the half. Probably would have had a chance to, you know, come back and just stay in it, you know, stay. That's yeah. what all the games Gino played in. They would just stayed in it, right? Except for the Jags. He smoked them, yeah. Whereas with Drew, it was like, oh, we might have a chance to go win this thing. Like, he's marching up and down the field. But then when it's winning time, ah, you, you, don't, read, you don't read the blitz right, get smoked, and then we end up losing. Right? So I thought this was actually a good example of, the difference between the two we can get in some of the throws and stuff but like and in general i was just like man i can see why a coach would be like gino's not gonna get me fired right he's also not gonna get me a promotion probably it's like drew is probably ah he might give me a promotion if he can put it together or we all might get canned right yeah. if, if it goes south and it just kind of depends on what 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 flavor you're hoping for there i don't think anyone should hope to for like the lowest possible floor here because you don't want to be a bottom five team because that also means that a lot of things didn't go well with your rookie class and some of your free agent stuff so no one should want that but i thought that game was interesting in that in that regard did you find a tweet i did so basically this his name is anthony at mccrusty seven i tweeted you know drew looks comfortable as he should dicing up the twos and we'll get to drew in a second here he said i don't care what stringer level is out there we have seen gino forever Drew is the guy. If he loses, then we just get a higher draft pick. It's a win-win situation. And I'm like, see, that's not that's what I'm saying. That's not that's not a win-win. <laughs> that's what I was it's gonna say. Win-win. It's like I, I don't know if I want this team to suck because then, as you just pointed out, that means the rookie class didn't fare out. Everything Pete wanted to do clearly didn't work. The John Schneider thing, eh, it might be over for their for this regime. Pete Carroll and Schneider, it might be a wrap, especially if they finish, you know, five and twelve. That that's fireable right there. That that could mean worse. we have a new, yeah, or worse. So it's not a win-win, but I do want whoever is going to put the Seahawks in the best position to win each Sunday out there on the field. And Saturday, I would have to lean towards Gino, regardless of that. You know, the first two possessions, the third one he marched down the field. They just couldn't get it in the end zone. But then 
right after going into the, right going into the, to the going into halftime, he settles in, moves the ball. They run the ball well. The offensive line did their part, and then Geno makes the right decision and runs it in. He didn't force he didn't force anything for the most part. I think what his first seven passes he was six or seven. He was taking what the yeah, defense that, was giving. That was the other thing too. He could have started ten for ten. You know, he yeah, had, oh, a couple of drop. Yeah, Bo Melton dropped the pass, so he would have been seven for seven. That's correct. Yes, and Bo dropped one on third down at the sticks too. So that would have extended yeah, the drive. First there. down. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Derek Young dropped a ball um, on like second down, second and long. Um, and fact, then Noah Fant had one. He caught it, but he didn't, didn't have his toe drag. Yeah, that it was, was like not... the worst. Worst attempt at a toe. Like he didn't even attempt yeah. a toe drag. I don't think. Well, to be honest, yeah. In all purposes, Gino had a flawless game for that guys are dropping passes and not keeping their feet in he did really well in that regard the only thing they struggled in go ahead what did he start in the jags game like 14 of 14 or something like that yeah he was on fuego yeah (laughs) yeah and you can see how he gets there like like i said nothing spectacular nothing too terrible it's just i'm gonna throw the ball to my read and see i can see why a, a coach like all right let's let's roll with that you know and it the really the difference is for me Third down and winning time and winning time, which is two minutes. Like so can it would execute on third down, can you execute in a two minute? Correct. So it was the fourth fourth possession. They run it with Kenneth Walker the third. And then right after that, Fant out of bounds, incomplete pass, and then Bo Milton drops it and this forces the fourth down. So they have to punt. Bang, bang, just like that. Two offensive passes, both not complete, and they drive is done. Kaput. Those things, obviously, if DK's in the game, probably a completion to Tyler Lockett or one of the two, but that's not the case, especially for Bo, who is trying to make the team. Those are things you have to convert on, especially as a seventh-round pick. You can't make drops. You can't make drops. You can't have drops. That's unacceptable. And it's not like the coverage was outstanding. He was open. <laughs> Had the first. He got tackled, sure, but those are plays you just have to make. So back to your Geno point, for all intents and purposes, Nine for nine, 10 for 10. He was doing his thing, taking what the defense was giving him, moving the ball outside of the first two drives. A slow start, which kind of had me going, oh, this is kind of the same thing we saw with Russ for the last 10 years. You know, it was a little alarming. But again, he settled down and he was able to put points on the board before halftime. I did like, uh, I thought Gino probably had the, either of the, Number one of the number two best throw of the day. I thought the uh, the ball splitting the safeties uh, to Cade mm. Johnson that set up the touchdown was yep. was really good. That's when when you get that middle of the field open coverage with them safeties up there like that. And I think Cade had the nickel on him, uh, following him on like a skinny post maybe from the slot like that. You have you have to be able to throw that ball. You have to. You got to be able to get it over the over the linebacker or the nickel in between the safeties, right to your guy. And you have to do it in a way that doesn't set up your, your receiver to get smoked. That's important, too, because Cade, Cade was also protected when he caught it, too. That was probably my favorite throw of the day. Like, Geno had some good throws. That's probably his best one. Um, and when you can make that throw over the middle like that consistently and trust your protection, then you can be successful in this offense, especially if you're just handing it off and running it. That run game was good uh, on Saturday. Yeah, they beat him up. It was good. Travis had good runs. Uh, Ken, Ken's runs were a little mixed. Um, he had, there was one driver. They just only handed it to Ken and just three and out. So, uh, um, I get why they did that. I think the third, the third one was like a third and one. So, you know, you just want to be physical and get over the line, but they just couldn't, 
Uh, but I thought all the, even some of Darwin Thompson's runs, all the guys, all the running backs did well. I think the running backs as a collective average, like six something yards a pop. So they were, they were getting it done. I can see why uh, Pete's like, ah, I can just get Gino to do this thing. All I need him to do is just make a few throws here and there. But third, third down is a different animal. You can look at some of them third downs. Uh, and then two minute, if you can succeed in the in, in red zone, those three parts right there, red zone, third down, two minute. Can you operate there? Because that's usually when the uh, the defense knows you're going to throw. So that means they're coming with these exotic blitzes. Their best pass rushes are on the field. Their cover guys are in man tight against your guys. Can you make the throws? You know, so I think from that perspective, Gino like was like a mixed bag uh, there. It was good in the two minutes. Some of the third down stuff uh, didn't, didn't look great, but then operated in the red zone. So got like a satisfactory grade. There. seven out of ten and this is without watching the all 22 i have not i have not seen it all 22 is hard to come by these days the nfl is making it very hard for the media to get it but working on it but that's just our first you know off the cuff reactions um as for drew uh boy it sure looked like drew was about to just snatch that job but that first, yeah. his first pass went for 39 yards so so um I watched yeah, the game. Bo Milton, yeah. Yeah, the Bo Milton. I watched the game from home, right? And um, I am Chris has referred to me as cheap on the show. <laughs> that I am. Like I don't even I don't even pay for cable anymore. because uh, I'm just I'm just that cheap. Can I afford cable? 100 percent Uh do so I, pay I for it? no, 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 no. So I'm watching on a stream on my TV. So I'm behind the uh, NFL Jesus updates where we get our stats. So I see every play before it happens. I see it pop on my screen as a line item before I see it on the screen. So I'm like, Oh wow. Drew lock 39 yards to Bo Melton. Holy hell. And then I just see that it was a little second dump off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, but first when I saw it, I was like, Oh, Oh, oh Drew, Drew pushing that thing down the field. No, no, he's not. Um, also uh, with Drew and Gino, I think for people who haven't come to practices, maybe because you just don't want to, or you just don't live in the area. This is what practice has looked like. A lot of just operating the offense, nothing spectacular, no wow throws down the field. There really has there was what no deep balls really yesterday. Not even a lot of attempts yesterday. Uh, just it just hasn't been there in practice, and as you can see, it really wasn't there uh, in a live game either. I think maybe some of that is due to Pittsburgh not having Minka, so they didn't play a lot of their single high stuff. That's just a guess on my part. I can ask our Steelers guy, uh, Mark, and confirm that. Uh, but yeah, with Drew, I was like, oh boy, he about to take this job from him. He moving the ball down the field. Um, there's a lot of play action with Drew. Yes. A little, a little bit more than we, I charted all the play action too. I'd have to go back and my stuff's not official, uh, but I can, I can go back and see. My guess would be that Drew had more play action. I don't know if that's because they think he's better just throwing it out of that. They, they had the backups in, so it's easier to protect with play action. Uh, maybe because they had run the ball so well in the first half, they was like, all right, it's established. Now let's do it. There could be a few reasons uh, for that. But it, I have a lot of like when I track it on my, my notebook, I put PA and then I circle it after each play. That's how I can chart it. I'm looking back this morning. I was like, man, it's a lot of PA in my notes. And like a lot of the the successful throws um, that he had, uh, some of his better ones were all out of uh, play. Action, even the dump off to bow there. But yeah, I thought I thought Drew did look. Uh, more more comfortable there. I thought his first drive was was really really good. The yeah. reason I'm not calling that that throw from Gino to K Johnson my favorite throw 
undoubtedly is because that throw Drew made to Colby Parkinson, uh, that ended up getting deflected by Trey Norwood, who's a good corner, by the way. Uh, he's good. Um, he played with Trey Brown, I believe, at Oklahoma. Anyway, that was a good ball. It's the one where Col Colby has it in the end zone, and then the DB comes and punches it out. That's that's essentially an like triple coverage. Like, and the ball hits his receiver right in the hands. Just a, a really nice throw. It's a tough catch for Colby to make, but I mean, you six seven trying to be a starting NFL tight end, I'd catch it. You know what I'm saying? Like, if the ball hits your hands, catch it. To me, that's just that's that's what I would ask of my guys there. I thought that was a good throw though, but even then, right after that, it was like third and six, and Drew just stood in there in the pocket. They had like a little like a mesh, mesh concept. concept. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And he hits Derek Young, moves the sticks again. What did I just said in red zone, third down, <laughs> two minutes. Reds, I think that was in the red zone at that point, and it was yeah, third they're down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like that's what that's what I wanted. That's the difference maker. Anybody can hand it to Rashad Penny. Chris, me and you could do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's turn around, hand I'm it to me. Yeah, sure. I might fumble the snap, bro. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm not fumbling no snaps. No, I can. <laughs> I can. I can. If you teach me how to, I've never taken a snap under center, but if you teach me how to do it, little hands. I, I, I have little hands as well. Yeah. But if you teach me how to do it, I can, I can do it. I, I take well to instruction. So I could hand the ball to Ken Walker. I can hand the ball to Rashad. I can't make no throws in the NFL, particularly not when the, the defense knows I'm about to throw it, which is why I think <laughs> those situations matter a lot. So I like that from Drew. Uh, I like the I like the goal line throw to to Derek Young for the touchdown. The thing about that throw that I liked was that he, if he throws that a second later, that linebacker is there. Like he had to throw that right when Derek was coming out of his break. Uh, I like the formation and stuff too. It was bunched, you know, make the defense have to think. So I thought Drews. I was telling you, Chris, I was about to text you and be like, "Man, where you want me to send that hundred? You know, <laughs> after the first drive, and I was like, "Yo, I yeah. thought he came really good." We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. He did look really good. You hit it all in the head with... I loved his pass to Parkinson. And you talked about as a six foot seven tight end that wants to be, I mean, hell, he's fighting for a spot to even possibly make the team. So those are catches you want to see a guy that's six seven make. I know he got hit, but it wasn't he got hit by a corner, bro. Like it wasn't, <laughs> you know, a linebacker. No, being real, he got hit by a guy that probably 190, maybe 200 pounds. You gotta snag it, bring it to the body, and just take the hit and have and score a touchdown. That's what Will Disley can do, right? Noah Fant, I think, would make that catch. You look at some of the other better tight ends across the league. They make those plays. And Kobe had an opportunity to make it. He just didn't come through with it. And that's something he's probably like, damn, I got to make that play. And he knows it. And for that pass, though, yeah, I was going to text you. Like, I know you see Drew. But my thing was, I didn't want to jinx it. So I'm glad I didn't text you because we can get to the fumble later. But that's why I didn't message you because I was like, you know, things can change. He looks good right now. And by the way, he looked okay. He didn't, he, he can't, again, he started off hot, came in, little dump off, didn't force it, dropped back the pass. The flats wide open to bow, makes one man miss, huge gain, first down. We call that an explosive play. Check. They end up scoring on that first drive. Second drive didn't go his way for the most part. I can get there. Can you mention why the second drive didn't go? <laughs> You know, third and 11, and they ran another screen. It it did. Well, the thing, so the pass, I, I understood what Drew was trying to do. Drew wanted to get him moving. Obviously. Right, he lead the receiver, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he wanted, to, he wanted to get him in stride. Obviously, who was it that caught it? Dariq Young. It was Dariq. Dariq had, he just wanted to catch it and then go. Right. Clearly a miscommunication between those two. I think Drew was on the right to try to, get him moving because if you watch the play, the, there was a block set up for him. If he catches it in stride, he might be able to get five, seven yards. If he makes a dude miss, it's a first down. A lot of what-if scenarios here. Derek didn't do that. And Derek had a couple of like, he had a drop. It just, first, first, first game jitters. Okay, I get it. But those are plays you want to hit on because if he converts that, you're thinking, dang, what, can, what else can Drew not do wrong? The dude is leading... Two drives, let's say they get the first down and end up getting three. Okay, not bad. You put up points. You led this offense. You scored a first, you scored a, a touchdown the first time. Second time, you lead them to three points. Okay, Drew, you got a rhythm with these guys. So it was just a miscommunication between receiver and quarterback, and you have to get those figured out because that's going to come up again. On Thursday, when they play this, thir- this coming Thursday, there's going to be an opportunity for that play to be called again. So it's very important that they're on the same page. Like, hey, I'm going to throw it for you to catch it in stride. I don't want you having to stand there and wait for the ball because that gives the DB a chance to come in and make a play or anyone on the field. So going going back to the ball was something that Devonta Adams is really good at. When he catches those screens, he's always running towards it because he knows the block coming and he can get upfield. And that's where I think quarterback and wide receivers have to communicate. It's really that simple. Just, hey, this is what I plan on doing, making sure you're you're aware. Dariq caught it, was like, what are you doing? Like, it looked like, yeah, I wanted to catch it standing still and he wanted him to run towards it and get some momentum moving up field. And that's just something they got to work on. And then after that, he goes down on his, what, 
third possession, moves the ball pretty well, and end up getting the two-point conversion as well. That was also a good sign. They end up scoring a touchdown, two-point conversion. Okay, the game is tied up. Okay, Drew, I see you, man. Let's go. Lead this offense, even if it is the twos. doesn't matter who you're dicing up. If you're running the offense the way Shane and Pete want you to run it and it's converting in points, that's all they can ask for. If they put you out there against the twos, dice them up. Put you out there against the ones. Do your best. And I thought Drew, for the most part, he was doing his thing. And then also having a good run game, that helped too. Pete loves to pound the ball. They were able to do that. And you know what that opened up? A lot of what you talked about, Mike. Every time you looked at your notes, you saw a lot of PA. I feel you on that. I'm looking at my iPad all the times I have PA. A lot of play-action passes. But, hey, that's because of the offensive line was controlling the defensive line, and they were able to move the ball, quick dump-offs. And, again, Drew wasn't forcing anything, even though he did get it into you know, triple coverage. But, dude, 6'7". I'm going to throw it up to him every time. Kind of like what you say during camp. Look, if I have DK one-on-one, if I have DK on the outside, I am throwing to him every time. That's what Drew thought when he saw Kobe. He was like, bro, he's 6'7". I'm going to put it up there, and I think he's going to come down with it. So, overall, I liked how Drew handled the game. I just didn't like the way it ended. But we can get into that fumble, I guess, now, right? <laughs> well, I want to go back to that screen pass. Oh, yeah, they okay. Stop running screens. Well, that's Stop. an easy one. But the thing is, though, Mike, you got to run it. You got to keep the defense on, especially if a dude's playing eight yards off you. No, you, 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 that's the thing about <laughs> You don't have no. to run screens. You don't You're have to run right. you, I guess you that, that, That's the thing. You don't have to run here's anything the, in here, Here's what they thought. You know what? We got Dariq Young going up against, I don't know who the corner was. Chances are he can make a miss. Maybe we can get seven, eight yards. And maybe we go for it. Something you love to do, Mike. We don't punt on fourth down. We go for it. That's maybe what they were thinking. Unfortunately, it didn't go off that way. And to your point, yes, they can definitely scrap screens from the book. I get it. But if you have, you think you got a guy one-on-one that you can just toast, I get it. But that's where they got to be on the same page. So I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying a little pushback on you. That's all. I I just don't think. No. They, they wanna, it's, oh, man, I'm, I'm really trying that's not that's to. That's okay. I get it. I get it. No, I came real close this morning when I rewatched the game doing a little cut up on my phone of all the screens they ran yesterday. That just did not. I'm talking losing, losing yards. They lost yeah. a yard on that screen to Dariq. Yeah. It's one it thing. Didn't help. The first, they lost a yard. And here's the other thing about screens, right? Screens yeah. are not just about the guy you get the ball to. They're about the guy, the guys blocking for him. So, for example, this wasn't a screen. It was like a fly sweep to Dariq. He's, uh, it's the, I think it's the first possession, uh, maybe the second possession. It's got Gino. Dariq runs a fly sweep out to towards the Seahawks sideline and just gets blown the up. First possession. Yeah. Yeah. He gets blown up by a killer witherspoon, actually. Uh, and why does he get blown up? Not because Dariq's not like a good runner of the ball. No blocking. Because number 82, I think it was, just got set up poorly, didn't even touch a killer. Boom, gives it up. Screens are not just about who you get the ball to. I can see why in your mind, in the little planning meeting, you're like, hey, <laughs> Penny Hart's really fast. We should try to get him the ball in space. Cool, coach. Understand that. And you get on the practice field, you're like, wow, well, the guys around Penny can't block. So we should just scrap that. Nope. Let's run it anyway, man. And I just think that that just kills. It just kills. They killed a couple drives with that. They killed Drew's second drive with the screen. Let me see. Go through back through my notes. I don't have a fancy iPad like yeah, I just do my stuff on, <laughs> on pen and paper. I'm pretty sure they killed one of Gino's drives uh, with a screen on like second down as well. With it just like you guys can't even see it. Oh, there we go. Yeah, yeah they, they killed they killed one with Penny Hart um, uh, on a screen, and I just I, I just don't. I feel I, you, I Mike. Like, I feel you. 
One thing I like to do: tight end screens, receiver screens, <laughs> what, uh, uh, running back screens. None of the screens, whether it's Russ, whether it's Geno, whether it's Shane calling the players, or Daryl Bevel, or um, who's in between them, um, Shoddy. Doesn't matter who's calling the plays, who's throwing the ball. It's all bad, and I just think they should stop doing it. Stop doing it. Yeah, figure out something else. You know what they should? You know what's probably more effective is. Instead of trying to throw that screen there, you just throw it out to DK and then just have him throw it like a, a double pass or something like that. Anything other than a screen. The only time I want to see those little quick things, and we talked about this play before, um, it was week four against the Dolphins in 2020. I'm pretty sure they had a run play called, but Russ looked oh, over. Russ checks out. Saw yeah. DK, yeah, saw DK one-on-one with uh, Xavier? Wasn't Xavier Howard. Was it Xavier oh, okay. Howard? Can't remember. I think it was, Either bro. Way, doesn't, it doesn't really matter for the purpose of this, this discussion. Deke, Russ sees it. Oh, is that 14 over there by himself? Hold on. Hike shoo, threw it right over there to him. Deke ends up making a miss. Like, gets up 29 yards, something like that. Goes down to the one. Then Chris Carson punches it in. Like, that. That's Those are the quick characters I want to see. These, 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 these screens are just not working. They're just not. And they haven't worked for years. Someone tweeted me. It was like, Mike, we haven't run a, run a screen since the, the Mike Holmgren era. I was like, yeah, probably not. And it just is not. It's not working. That's not to say that literally all of them have failed. Like when when, when Penny blew his ACL in 2019, that was actually on a successful screen pass. But for the most part, every time I see a screen, I'm just like, oh, oh, boy. What do we, I'd rather see like a slant or something like that, like something else that's a quick hitter. Like, I, cause I get the idea, take the pressure off your O line and your quarterback. I understand. It's just not, it's just not working. So I forgot even where we were at in the whole thing of the show. It's all I good. Just, we were, I just could not forget <laughs> about that screen pass because it was just, they're just so bad with the screen passes, man. They should just throw it out the, I'll, I'll tell Shane myself next time I see him, I'm like, hey, big dog. So with these screens. No, I know you love the screen pass. They actually spend a decent amount of practice installing that stuff. I can see it every day. And in practice, I just be like, I hope they don't run none of this. And what do they do? They ran it. And I was like, see, this is I they run it 11 on zero in practice sometimes. Um, and I could still tell that, like, no, oh, man, the timing on this is not working because it's a timing thing. Oh, I'm spending too much time on screens now. But you guys get the point. Everyone listening here who watches Seahawks football knows screens don't work. Stop all of them, unless it's to DK. But even then. Russ threw a pick six on the screen to DK in a playoff game. So it's like yeah. that should have been the killer for screens right there. If we can't even run a screen where the other team doesn't score, then we're having an issue. So, yeah, the kill kill all screens. Oh, we were talking about Drew. All right. Well, we're going to wrap it up on his late game, two-minute drill. So after we'll get to Boye because the boy, he got some speed. He is – we're talking about the rookies coming up, but – the, the Seahawks had an opportunity to basically win the game. And I think had you done that, yeah, Mike, you could have texted like, yo, bro, you want you want this 50? You know, I'll pay you. I'll, pay, I'll do a buyout with you, bro, at this point. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been probably the case because he let a game-winning drive, but that didn't happen. The first possession, the first play, excuse me, they just got a turnover, turnover on downs, huge sack by boy Mafe. Drew comes to the line of scrimmage. He doesn't check. He just snaps the ball. Now, I saw a lot of comments like, oh, that's the offensive line. That's Darwin Thompson, the backup running back's fault. Well, you have a quarterback. He's supposed to come out there and look. Look at everything. See what's going on. See if there's someone out of position. 
see if something doesn't look right. He didn't do that. He just goes up and snaps it, and boom. The edge rusher comes off. They send a blitzer. He comes off, makes a great play, sack fumble, ball game. Drew has to – He granted, he did realize that and say, yeah, that's on me, but it is on him. <laughs> I don't have – it's no one else. You When you get to the line of scrimmage as a quarterback, you need to look at everything. It doesn't matter – you, you have to see it, and he did not see it. it it's like when you go to a four, four-way stop. When you're driving your car, you go to a four-way stop. You don't just look right. You look left and right, and then you go. He didn't do that. He got a four-way stop and just was like, yeah, right side, we good. Okay, hike, left side, car coming. <laughs> didn't see it. Bam. That's going to get him to lose this job. The fact that Gino executed no turnovers, he has that one leg up. So now I'm nervous. I got hundred dollars in the line. I'm trying to win, so that wasn't the best Geno moment. The good news is you got a chance on Thursday. We're probably right? gonna be. What's up? You said Drew, right, or Geno? Yeah, no, I said Drew. You have a chance on Thursday, Drew, to make up for that. They're probably gonna be in the same scenario where it's two minutes left, maybe a little bit less. You got a chance to go down and score points. Execute it. Check both sides. Make sure everything looks good. And if something doesn't look right, blow a timeout. I know people are going to get upset about it, but it's the preseason. You want to get all of this out the way now. You want to make sure you're making your reads, and he just didn't make the right read. And it's unfortunate because when you watch that play, had he told the running back just to chip, he could have chipped. He could have done anything to prevent that sack. But no, clean run right into Gino, or not Gino, to Drew, causing a fumble, and that's your ball game. It's really that simple. Yeah, um, I actually know what the play call is called, um, or at least the concept they're running there. I won't say it on the air just because that's that's not fair. You, you start doing that, and then people stop telling you stuff. Uh, <laughs> but so I'm very confident uh, when I tweet or write that that was on. I wrote, I said that, and actually before Drew or Pete even spoke last night, I was like, oh, I know what happened here. Text a few people, hit me back. He's like, oh yeah, okay, so I am right. All right, boom. Let me uh, put put that out there and. Russ had a lot of those too, which is why I knew who to, uh, which people to ask right away. Russ had a lot of those where it's like, it looks like someone just comes free and the O-line stinks, right? But really there's a hot read. Um, there's, there's a check, whatever, you know, I think like a good example of how to beat the, uh, one of them, the Steelers actually had a good one. I want to say it was Trubisky to whoever number 89 is on the Steelers. One of their third downs on like the first drive. He, run, he like beats Justin Coleman over the middle, then Justin falls, and then dude runs for some more yards. That was, I think the Seahawks sent a blitz there, and then quarterback, Kim Rivers, Trubisky, or um, Rudolph. Either way, one of them sees it, boom, hit. Like, that's the type of stuff you have to do as a quarterback. It ain't just uh, the O line's fault or the running back's fault. And sometimes those are easy to see the more and more you know about football. Sometimes it's about sliding protections or whatever. Um, but in that particular one, it's, it was pretty obvious, like, oh, the guy came from the side of the releasing running back. You should throw it over there. Did not, you know. Didn't even got, see got it. Smoked. <laughs> yeah, got smoked. Those uh, those late game situations are everything when you're talking about a quarterback battle. Like you can't be the reason your team loses the game. That's my that's my main thing. Not every quarterback is going to be the reason their team wins, right? Like Jimmy Garoppolo could end up here in Seattle. I don't think he will, but he could, right? Jimmy was not the reason that the Niners won however many games the Niners won when he was a starting quarterback. A lot of those times, he just wasn't the reason they lost. And then some of those times, he was the reason they lost, like in the Super Bowl or some other games. And so I just think you can't be that. 
And in that situation, Drew didn't deliver. Just like we were talking about Geno last year, when he didn't deliver against the Steelers, didn't deliver against the Saints, didn't get it done against the Rams either, though kind of great on the curve there when you just get thrown in against the best team in the league, or at least one of them at the time. But in general, that is where I think, of all things we talked about with the quarterbacks, everything's kind of even now still. I think that showed the ebbs and flows of the competition. Geno was on a downslide. Then he picked it back up and then Drew picked it up and then came right back to where Drew, you know, kind of is. Now, I think that the, the quarterback division of reps will be very similar during the week. I think Geno starts against the Bears. And I think it's maybe maybe they give Drew some reps. I don't know. It depends on if DK and Tyler play, too. But I think it's back to even. I think uh, neither me nor Chris need to text each other anticipating losing 100 bucks. I just think that at this point, it's right back to where it was, in part because of all the things we've talked about in the past. Command of the offense, protecting the football, third down situations, two-minute drills, red zone. It all balanced out at the end of the day. They were both all right in, two, uh, they're both all right in third down. Not great, but okay. Decent in the red zone, both of them. And then one guy was better in two-minute. The other guy wasn't. Yeah, that's what it comes down to. It, yeah, you have to execute, go down and win the game, take the job. Exactly. That, that's that was what, Drew's chance to take the job right there. If he'd have yeah. led, if he'd have led a game-winning drive and threw a touchdown on it, it doesn't really matter how they score. But if he threw Just a points. touchdown on it as well, we'd have opened the show with Drew. Totally different conversation. Now, yeah, it's right. It's right back to where we started. Back to them being pretty much even heading into the second preseason game. Exactly. But let's end this thing on a fun note. And welcome to the rookies to the NFL. We saw a lot of Kobe Bryant, Tariq Woolen, Kenneth Walker the third, Abraham Lucas, if you're watching the O-line. Uh, who else am I missing? Boy Mafe, Charles Cross. Yep. Yep. So where do you want to start with these rookies, man? We got a lot of them. <laughs> let's start with the corners because Pete Carroll gave probably his one of the most honest assessments of the night when he got asked about the corners. He was like, Man, I thought they got knocked around, man. And, and did you see the I, the video clip of Kobe getting shoved? Yeah, man, by George Pickens. Yeah, yeah that was somebody that was sent brutal. that to me this morning. Uh, well, actually, multiple people sent it to me just because it's funny, not knowing that it's Kobe. Um, yeah. Somebody sent it to me because it was Kobe and was like, "Yo, your man's need to stop acting scared." Uh, and this is somebody who knows like DB play. It was like. The reason that George felt comfortable shoving him like that is because he could see it in his eyes. Like he could just see he wasn't with the smoke, you know, and that's why he also was able to push him on the on the goal ball, too. So he was like, that's not an accident that he did that. Now, part of that is George just pushes everybody. One of the homies sent me a little highlight reel from George in college. George grabbed a dude by his face mask and threw him into a wall. So I think it was a kid at George Tech. So George is just nuts, which I love. <laughs> But I think that, that they sent it to me this morning as a point like, yo, he saw something in your boy, my boy being Kobe. He said, he saw something in your boy. That's why he felt he could do that to him. And Pete Carroll kind of noticed that too. Where I think Pete is probably most upset with Kobe and Tariq is that they couldn't tackle yesterday. Man. That was a big – Tariq blew one on a big run, I want to say. Yeah, yeah the first big play run. The game for the Steelers, that is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was the, a first possession. Outside. Yeah, yeah. Outside, and then Tariq blew the coverage. That happens. Um, but then, like Kobe missed the tackle uh, in on a on a check down to a running back. Um, 
I think something else happened with Tariq besides those the blown it was just not a good show although Tariq did have a good third down stop or excuse me yeah. Kobe had a good third down stop on a on a tight end I want to say crunched him pretty good but stop that was probably the most disappointing thing it's like dang man this coverage stuff is cute but I need y'all to tackle yeah the, the interesting thing about Tariq and Kobe yesterday wasn't just that they gave up you know big plays it was plays that they were making in practice you know coaches want to see you take what you do in practice and then they'll walk through it and put it in the game and they just, Chris, they just specifically did not do that. And that was where I think the coaches and even myself, I was like, man, that's pretty disappointing that you didn't do the stuff that we've been practicing all week in the game that we've been preparing for. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. To be fair, I think has has a lot to do with familiarity. You're out there against the guys that you have grown to know over these past five months. So you kind of know the characteristics, right? You're going up against a team that you've never seen, probably never played against some of these guys, some of these wide receivers, and it's a live situation now. There's no there's points on the board. In practice, sure there's points on the board, but now it counts for something. You're going up against guys again you haven't seen. And to your point, maybe they just just the mental aspect of things escaped them. You know, the simple things of Kobe running right with George Pickens and not turning his head. Sure, he got hands on him, but if he turns his head, he can see the ball and he's able to make a play or maybe even pick it off. That's how tight the coverage was. He just didn't make the simple turn of the head and try to make a play on the ball. And those are the things that your coaches are looking at, but he'll have a chance again on Thursday against the Bears to make that play to be able to run strive for strive with the guy and turn your head and get a hand on the ball, make an interception. Tackling could be better. Bunch of missed tackles from Nick Ballore getting in the hole and letting the guy bounce out. Yeah. Nick had a bad day. Yeah. I know we're talking about Riggies, but you mentioned tackling. I, I think there was two times where Nick was there and just didn't come up with the play. But back to the rookies. Tariq, flashes of good. And then not so good. The flash of not so good was he just didn't know the play call. He thought it would not know. He ran the wrong play. Yeah, I think he was in man. He was in man and was cover three. He was supposed to be deep zone or might have been cover two. I have to go watch the film and see what exactly it looked like. But he was not where he's supposed to be. And they had a crossing pattern and wide open is a touchdown there. That's something that can be fixed just with communication and listening. So I'm not too worried about that. But it's the fact that the poor tackling, that that can't happen. If you want to be a starter in this league, you got to be able to tackle. You're kind of the last line of defense when it comes to a running back bouncing outside or even a receiver make, making a catch. Like, it's one-on-one. You have to be able to at least wrap them up, and if you can't bring them down, your teammates will help clean it up. But that wasn't the case with the cornerbacks on Saturday. The young guys just couldn't tackle, didn't make any plays. Although, Kobe, you mentioned he, he did make one against a tight end there, stopping him short of the sticks. But I think they'll be better on Thursday. I think just the first game out there, a lot of eyes on them. Of course, these teams are going to attack you. <laughs> You're the new guy on the block. They got receivers over there that they want to throw to. George Pickens, second-round pick. I get it. We've seen it. 
No, but, he's, he's him. I like that. Dude. Yeah, that's what the Steelers said. They're like, he's him. He's definitely talented. But that, I think that was a good first step for them, especially for Kobe, who wants, who can be a starter, but he's going to have to seriously get some, some things fixed out, you know, tackling and then just being physical, just not backing down. Like, I know he got shoved, and I think he didn't expect that. I thought he maybe thought dude was going to run a route, and he Which just – the, the one where he just he, got shoved to the ground? Yeah, I think he was expecting dude to come off and run a route because when you're thinking someone's running a route, you're not going to put your hands on him unless you're trying to press him. And he's a little bit taller, so I understood why he got shoved. It wasn't like he was soft. He just thought, oh, dude's about to run a route. I'm ready for it. And that's not what happened. Dude was blocking. And that's the yeah. tough – that's that's when you look at DK, you're like, damn, I don't know if he's running a route or he's about to block me. Mind you, he's 6'4", 220. So I can only imagine what Kobe was thinking when he was looking at – George Pickens, who what, 6'2", 190, 200 pounds maybe? And he's, you know, is he going to run a route? Is he, is he running a route? Is he coming to block me? Those are things that are going through his head, and he just got caught slipping. And I think he'll bounce back from that. But I want to see how they respond Thursday against the Bears. I think that will be the biggest stepping stone, is how do they respond after a not great performance, a not bad performance? How do they perform on Thursday? And then if you want to look at the offensive line, Hold on, I got a, I got one more thing on Kobe. Real quick. Oh, yep. Okay. Um, well, actually, they have George Pickens at 6'3", 200 on the side. Okay. I don't know how accurate that is. But what Kobe should do, and he might get thrown out the game for this, but I think it would help him in the long run. Do you remember that play? It was against the Packers it was a long time ago. It's uh, Brandon Browner. I, he body slammed somebody. I, it might have been like Greg Jennings or like Donald Trump yeah. or something. It was one of those two for sure. <laughs> He just picks him up, and he doesn't even have the ball. He just runs a route, doesn't get the ball, and then Brandon Brandon Brown just picks him up and just slams him. Like that is what Kobe should do. That probably like the first or second play. Like he should. It was Greg Jennings. Is Greg Jennings? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, he should. He should just. Kobe should just find a receiver, pick him up, and slam his ass to the ground. Who cares if you get a penalty for it? Who cares if you even get kicked out the game? You know why? Because then you get your credibility back. You know, saying it's almost like how they tell you go and you get, you get in jail and you walk in there and first thing you do, punch your cellmate, you know, let them know you ain't no punk. Same thing. Not to say Kobe's <laughs> punk or nothing. I'm just saying, like, when you have send a play a like that, yeah, just send a message. When you have a play like that that happens against George, not only does he beat you on the one on one with the push off, he pushes you to the ground. That goes viral. He already didn't have like a great game. It just helps you get back. You know what I'm saying? And you can show that, like, hey, man, no, no, no. Ain't nothing sweet over here. Hmm. You know, I think that that'd be. Again, he's probably gonna get kicked out the game for that, but you know what? It's worth it because you know what? You know what? No other receiver is gonna try to do after that is what George Pickens did. Ain't nobody gonna try you like that again if you out here body slamming folks. It's kind of what it is. Uh, I don't know what to say to that. I'm just gonna move on to the offensive line because one thing we found out is homies that were in a passing system, and the question was, could they run block? I think they did just fine. I think the first run play, Abe just destroys him, man, <laughs> straight up. Like five yards down the field, just rolls him up. Charles Cross handled his own. I liked what I saw from them. I mean, I have to watch more, obviously, but just off the game that I watched and the running lanes that these guys were giving, the running backs, I thought they did a really solid job. And that is good news. Now I get it. They're going up against twos, but... You want to dominate against the twos. If you're going to be against other twos, you want to show them you are better. And that's only going to improve your game. And then when you go up against the best of the best, you had reps against eh, okay to good offensive linemen, or excuse me, defensive linemen that 
maybe you take the next step. And those are the reps that they need to take. And they've gotten them in, and they looked good. I, I enjoyed what I saw. And again, I think they had like 160 rushing yards between DJ Dallas, Darwin Thompson, and who am I missing? Travis Homer. So for the most part, I liked what I saw from the offensive line. Mike, what did you think of those two young young studs? And even, I guess you could throw Jake Curran in there. He played pretty well as well. I mean, he played right tackle, right guard. He was doing a lot. Yeah, I think um, Drew Locke had an interesting assessment after the game where he was like, you know, if you didn't see the little underline on the sign mm, on, the, yep. on the card that says they're rookies, you would think they've been out here for a little bit. And that's kind of how I view things too. I want to say, I want to look at the guys and be like, can I tell that you're a rookie? You know, with like Kobe and Tariq, like, oh yeah, those guys are probably rookies. You know, like I, I could see that in their games, just in some of the plays they either made or didn't make, which is fine because they are rookies. Yeah. Charles, specifically watching Charles, I was like, man, okay, this kid is solid. Like you look at some of those third downs, like Drew's third down that throw to Tariq Young, uh, Gino's third down where he was sacked, Gino's third down where he scrambled. It's just a lot of, oh, his left side is cool. Like, it's one-on-one. Charles And Charles wasn't going against TJ Watt or nothing like that. But it doesn't matter. You know, you can only go against who they line up with you, you know. So I think he was going against, who's his kid's name? Looks like it's uh, some dude named Derek. Looks like some other cats that really ain't no, like, studs like that, at least to my knowledge. I don't know if Steelers roster all that well. But just watching those guys, like, if you if I watch 67, which is Charles Cross, I'm like, is he a rookie? Oh, probably not. You know, I thought that was good. Abe, too. Yeah, Abe had a couple. He pancaked the dude, like you mentioned. He had another one where he just shoves a dude. Um, and then there's one with Charles Cross. I want to say it's where Gino scrambles for seven yards on a two-minute drill, where if you look, when Gino works his way back towards Charles' side to go get the go get across the sticks, Charles has his dude just on the ground pinned. And yeah. I'm just like, yeah, that's – Charles is here. Charles is ready. We need to see that again against some, you know, some more legit competition. But yeah, week one, I was like, oh man, 67 doesn't look like a rookie. Like if you just view guys by their numbers, I thought that was, that was really good. Um, everyone like, conversely, if you'd ask me like, oh, what year is 81? Oh, he's probably a rookie. Or like, oh, what year is 83? Oh, I'm probably a rookie. That asked me what year, like I thought DJ Dallas was like, oh man, dude, probably like five-year vet. You know, DJ <laughs> Dallas was running really well. Got a uh, guy beneath the, uh, behind his pads and boom, boom, boom. You know, like if you just look at guys' numbers and just assess, well, that's something I like to do, particularly with the rookies. I thought Charles and Abe both passed that test. For me, they were really physical. They just didn't look like they didn't belong. Like, yeah. remember last year, Stone's Forsyth's like first start against the Raiders was not great. You know, like he just had moments you're like, oh, okay, he's a rookie, late round pick. Charles looked like, no, no, no. He does he this. Yeah, he done. He just like spin moves. They tried some games and twists at him. He picked all that up. Good communication with his with his uh, left guard. He was good, you know, good in the play action game, good in the run game. He looks really athletic too for a big dude. Like everything that John Snyder was saying on draft day, I was like, oh, you were right, John. You got one. You got you one right there, man. And then between between just the the front line for the rookies was good. I thought. Boy, Mafe looked like an athletic freak. Rookie like, of the game right there. He tried not to put too much into some of the athletic testing that these guys do at the combine and their pro days and stuff. Cause like, nah, you gotta actually play football. But boy, when I seen Boy Mafe chase down Kenny Pickett for that sack, 
I was like, no, no, no. That is why you have them run 40s. Yeah. He hawked that man. That was legit speed. Speed and strength. Like, that is why you test those type of things and you take guys who do test well. That's a situation where a dude testing well makes the play. Because Boye came flying off the edge, had to change direction because it was a boot. And just, and Kenny Pickett ain't Lamar Jackson and then, but damn, he was moving. Like that was probably, I, I wrote that too. So I was like, man, his athleticism just jumped off the screen. Even chasing down the, remember the big punt return they gave up? And Boye kind of saves a touchdown on that uh, earlier in the game. Like Boye hocking that down too. No, Boye can run and he can hit. Like I think as a pass rusher, could probably he probably could have been a little better in the game. I know he had the strip sack uh, too, which is a really which is a really good rep. I think it was against their left tackle. I don't know how good that tackle is, but I thought just in the flash plays, you know, sometimes with those those rookies, you just want to see him flash. You know, that was the only thing with like some of the Kenneth Walker runs. I really wanted to see him pop something, you know, because it was clearly there. Travis pop stuff, uh, DJ pop stuff. Like, I wanted to see Kenneth pop stuff, but in terms of the guys who could pop stuff, I thought. Of all the rookie plays, Charles on third down, Bo Melton's catch and run was really good, you know, because he's like yeah. a yak guy. So I, I really wanted to see that. His drops, uh, didn't mm-hmm. his drop that he had was was bad. Same thing with Jarek. But Bo's catch and run, my face, a couple big plays, and then Charles on third down, I was like, yeah, that's what I wanted to see from some of those rookies, like specifically do what your scouting report says you can do. Bo- Boye said he can be a freak athlete. Boom. Charles said he's got good feet and he's athletic and can pass protect. Boom. Bo Melton says, oh, you can get a lot of yards after catch. Let's see. Boom. Like, I like that. The next step is then with Kenneth, I just want to see a big run. I just want to see him no. take the guy missing and pop one. And then with the with the rookies' corners, I just wanted to see them make plays on the ball. They just didn't do that. Uh, I wish they got more opportunities. They had to move Kobe inside to nickel halfway through the yeah, game. Yeah, I noticed that. I, yeah. I wish they didn't have to do that, man, because I wanted to see Kobe go up against more Pickens and then um, the other guy they had out there, whoever number 13 was. I think it's the kid from TCU. Uh, no, Miles Boykin from Notre Dame. Because oh, yeah, Miles got a lot strong, of against Michael Jackson. Yeah, I went, he was going against Michael Jackson. No, nothing against Michael Jackson. I just wanted to see more of Kobe in those. That's, I think Kobe is more likely to be in those positions in the regular season than Michael Jackson. That's all. Yeah. But uh, which uh, which version of the broadcast did you have? Did you have the Steelers um, I was one, or did you have the one? I believe I had the Seahawks one because I didn't see Mike Tomlin but one time, and that was at the end of the game. <laughs> so you had the Michael Bennett, Mike Robinson. Yeah, Kermit. yeah. That feed, of it, uh, there's no more players I want to talk about. That same feed here, we're good. Hilarious. Oh my god, Michael Bennett had me in damn near in tears. Covering the game. Did you see the clip where he asked Tyler Lockett why he ain't got no hair? You know, Michael Ben is just a good friend. And I think he was just having fun. And that's what you're supposed to do. Don't make it awkward. You know these players. Have fun with them. Ask them questions that you've been dying to ask them. Like he asked Pete, like, why you trade me? And was dead that, ass. And then, oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. I, and you can all, tell Pete like, was like, Oh, you're serious. He's like, okay, let's let's just get football stuff in here. But that was yeah, he, that, he that's who Michael Bennett is. Oh my God, man. <laughs> It, so I had never seen Michael Ben do a satellite interview, obviously. And so, like, it, the setup was all just normal. Kurt Menef was like, yeah, our Michael Bennett is down on the sideline with, Cliff, with, uh, with Pete Carroll. And then it was like, all right, Pete, the question everybody wants to know, why'd you trade me? 
like, oh, what? Oh, oh my God. Oh, that was so you could tell Mike has been waiting to ask Pete that on camera for about five years or whatever it's been yeah. since he got it, man. Oh my God. That, that was, was so fun. That was a good broadcast. I enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. I like Michael That's Robinson up there doing play by play. It's funny. I actually watched some this is a little off tangent, but I actually watched the US versus I want to say Italy and flag football uh US or national championships. Michael Bennett was on the call for that too. So I got uh, not Michael oh, Bennett. Really? Uh Michael yeah, Michael Robinson. He was on the play by play with uh damn, I forget who else was calling it, but he it was good. It was him and Maurice Jones Drew and another guy, and they were calling the, the championship game between the US and I think it was Italy, which is you know a pretty competitive game for flag football, but neither here nor there. Just hearing Michael Robinson doing that, it was good. Former Seahawk getting his feet wet and play by play. That was cool. I thought he did a great job. Knows what he's talking about. Knows the game. So that was I enjoyed it. It felt like it just felt good watching it and listening and knowing they know what they're talking about. And I'm seeing the same thing. It just because sometimes the broadcast are getting it wrong. I'm like, what are they talking about? <laughs> but hearing someone that's played the game knows it, understands it, knows how Pete runs the offense and someone of the defense knows the defense. It was good seeing that. And then again, Michael Bennett stood on there asking the funny question, just having fun, not taking it too serious. Because guess what, guys? It's football. Have a little fun, why don't you? Uh, the first thing Michael Bennett said when they put him in the booth, he was like, oh, man, that's a lot safer up here. It don't hurt. <laughs> man. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, wanted to tweet, right. I wanted to tweet Mike and be like, you know, Mike, they make some good money up there now, too. You know, like, <laughs> you, not only are you not smashing heads with somebody, you're making as much bread as the dudes down there smashing heads with people. And I think this is just my, not a bias, but I do think that we need more defensive players in these booths. I feel like we get a lot of coaches quarterbacks it's like, it's like white broadcaster coach or quarterback it's like that's fine but i feel like we just need more like i like i like dbs in the in the booth um, to lead. Like, yeah. yeah like um I, i'm curious to hear sherm in the booth i think greg olson's fine too offering a tight end perspective so we don't get a lot of tight ends uh in in the booth either i just want to see more positions other than like former quarterbacks i just think a lot of these other positions have value a lot to offer especially the ones in the trenches Cause that's what we can see. Like, yes, we can see the quarterback too. But we can also see like 10 dudes in the line smashing heads into each other. Like give us some insight. Now, Mike wasn't giving a ton of insight. Like for example, Mike Robinson was like, yeah, there's a three technique, you know, four technique, a four eye, whatever. And Mike Robinson was like, yeah, Mike, which one did you, you prefer or something like that? Well, Mike, Mike Ben was like, well, I was good at all of them. So it really didn't matter. <laughs> Put me anywhere. Yeah. He was I like, I can do it. So it's not like Michael Bennett was offering a ton of insight. He was just really, really funny, man. He threw out every Michael Jackson song reference he had. They were, He ran out, so they said, go to the field. As <laughs> soon as Travis Homer got the ball, he's got Homer and the Odyssey references. I'm like, dog, this guy, Michael Bennett, is, is hilarious, man. When Josh Jones didn't catch that interception, Michael that was Bennett mad. was like, he was like, yeah, man, that's like getting up and hollering that you got bingo and you don't got it. <laughs> What? Yeah, my, Michael Bennett is hilarious, man. That was, It was fun. That was a fun broadcast. For a preseason oh, game, yeah. I enjoyed it. Hopefully he can get some regular season games because that, I think, would be fun as well, especially on the broadcast because you'll be at the game, so I'll get, the, I'll get to see him have fun out there, and that's, that's what it's about, man. I hate covering games from home, but that was the only real benefit. Other than getting my story done a lot faster was hearing the broadcast, but Michael Bennett had me dying, Doug. He said, Tyler, the next question. Why you ain't got no hair? <laughs> what? 
You could tell Kyle was off, cut off guard. Like you're asking me this. Okay. Well, yeah, I had to let it go. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I don't know Tyler super well, but I do think he gets a little like the hair jokes when they're off guard like that is a little, little mess. So he be, he, they've been making fun of his hair for a little bit now. I remember Jermaine Erfetti told him to shave it all off like three years ago during a press conference too. Like guys are pretty mean with that one, but Oh my God. Yeah, man. More might be content. I can't wait. I can't wait. I might, I might try to have the, I don't think he's calling the uh, bears game, which is cool. Cause I'll be in, I'll be at the game. He's yeah. calling the Cowboys game. No, yeah. I can't wait, man. And he's from Texas too. Yeah. I can't, I can't wait. That was, I, I, I that in there. it didn't make it into my story because i have enough space but man michael bennett was just outstanding just had me laughing the whole time man it's just damn the football i just had a good time watching preseason on a saturday night because michael bennett was in my ear that was fun <laughs> well listen ladies and gentlemen when thank you for rocking with us on our first recap of preseason one we'll have more for you we'll wrap that up on th- what probably drop it on friday after the seahawks play the bears so we'll figure it out you have a new podcast next week for sure We'll figure it out, though. Uh, yeah, Mike, we'll come back after the Bears game. Either we, we can do it Thursday night. We can do it Friday morning. Probably Thursday night if you got to work Friday. We'll figure that out. Figure out the schedule. Either way, we appreciate you guys. Again, let us know if you guys would be interested in the live joint. That's on the table. We'll give you more details soon, but that's that. That's something we're, we're exploring, man. Live podcast in Seattle. That would be very – live Seahawks man-to-man. That would be very dope. If you guys would want to come out, man, we can't just sit there and talk to an empty room. We do that all the time anyway. So we we need we need y'all, man. So let us know in comments or, or whatever. Again, subscribe to YouTube, Seahawks Man to Man on YouTube. Hit the button. Even if you listen on audio, Spotify, The Athletic, whatever, just go subscribe and then come back. That's all. We don't even really need to listen on there. Just subscribe, man. It, it, uh, we, we appreciate that. The numbers do good things for us. So uh, appreciate y'all, man. Got anything else, Chris? No, I appreciate the love and support, you guys. Thanks again. We will see you guys later. Enjoy the rest of the week, and we'll talk to you later. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.